Hey guys, Demetrius here. Just a heads up, episode 14 is a doozy of a number. Our wise and knowledgeable political correspondent Prince Arthur decided to stop by the dojo for a chat on all things current and it turned out to be a massive blether. So for convenience, we've separated it into three parts. The first part is the Prince educating us on what's happening in the South China's high seas, asylum processing and a few other tidbits. The second wave, we splash into a few more random current events. And the closing chapter is a snippet of the good man Bobby Preacher and I waxing intellectual while the saving and the converting was underway. Either way, it's a long-winded top-up and it's going to take you some time to get through, so grab a blanket and settle in. Please keep sharing, liking and reviewing, and thanks for listening to That's Not Right. The following presentation does not represent Australian opinion or intellect. We do not speak for any religious order or ethnic minority. We are not political scientists or uni graduates. We're insignificant upper-lower-class scum, comparing notes and airing grievances. It's just our opinion. Deal with it. I'm afraid that the GST will ever be part of our policy. Never, ever. Never, ever. Mac's seriously making me so happy about life. How old is that Mac? Uh, it's like a 2011 model. Yeah. So my girlfriend has a Mac from like 2008 or something ridiculous. And Laptop? Yeah, actually, maybe it's later than that. It looks, it looks pretty much identical, except a smaller version. And it still works like perfectly. That's the thing, man. They're, they're, yeah, they'll call it whereas, so good. But that's, uh, you know, you pay for that. Yeah. What do you um, pay for? Garbage. Build, build quality. Fuck off! Now, dude, can I just... No, I mean, the laptops are okay. Phones are pieces of shit. Like, look at this. I've got to say, like, I've dropped that so many times. Like, where I've had up my stomach in bed and it's fallen off and just like hit the yeah. ground and like it just keeps going. Johnny, like, why would you have your laptop in bed on your stomach? Because I'm watching conspiracies, like it. In, <laughs> <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure you yeah, are. Yeah, conspiracies. <laughs> hey, hang on, wait a second. What were you saying about photogenic? Uh, you weren't getting photos? Yeah, so I was just saying that. This <laughs> is <laughs> the man. Every podcast, this cunt talks about like how he's gorgeous or like <laughs> the most sculpted or some shit like that. Go, <laughs> <laughs> okay, why weren't you getting photos then? No, I'll, seriously. I was just saying to Arthur, like, if ever me and my girlfriend have a fight, I don't like it. It's because um, I don't want to pose in a photo that she wants to be me to be in. I've just always hated being in photos, like. I hate the way I look in photos, whatever. So you like, is it your Aboriginal roots? Because yeah, isn't it that they say that a photo gets yeah, steals it steals your soul? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> is that where it is? I don't yeah. even know. Yeah. Hey, hang on, are you talking about post photos like at a wedding or something? Or are you just talking about like a selfie with a two years? Just selfie, anything in general. I just hate being in photos. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I don't so, know why. I just do. I don't know. I don't know Very how they're going to go with the uh, We've got donuts. I want Arthur to try a donuts. Do you know what they are, Arthur? I've seen them before. I think I think I've eaten them before. I think I've eaten them before. But vine leaf stuffed with rice and delicious spices. Dimmy? No, I'm good for now, man. Okay, thanks, dude. The reality is, like, you got to heat them up. Like, if you have them at a restaurant or something, Mm. they're usually warm. Yeah, and you have them on the side of like salad, meat, like that sort of stuff. Nah, Dim doesn't know. They're meant to be cold. You're not meant to eat them out of a tin, just like. (laughs) 
like a junkie rat just coming through through the pantry. He's in there 2 a.m. in his jocks filtering through the fridge. What's wrong? Uh, I just want to check something on this for something I might do later. Oh my god, what are you doing? He's going to uh, modify, modify our heater and make it extra powerful. <laughs> MacGyver. <laughs> MacGyver. 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 What are you going to do to the heater, man? It's just, just a story. <laughs> Over there, and if we, if we get time to talk about it, we'll talk about it. And I need to reference the heater in that story. <laughs> the heater. I was only going to come today and um, sing a song for the stats man. Why? Like, open up with a song for the stats man. What song? I you wrote know. a song? Yeah, I wrote a song for the stats man, but I'm not, not going to... <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? I'm not going to perform it today. It'll be the please, next, please po- next, next podcast. <laughs> I've got to ask you a question, man. What did you say to me last podcast when we were all outside leaving? Okay. Said something about smoking? What did you say you'd done? Oh, stop smoking weed. Yeah. yeah. Have you all stopped right? smoking weed? Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's what why I've, be, I've been like having withdrawals and shit. I've been fucked. You're not supposed to get... Weed isn't supposed to be chemically addictive. Oh, you get addicted. Yeah, but not chemically. Like, like say, with alcohol, if you stop drinking alcohol, if you're an alcoholic, it, it can kill you. But weed <laughs> is not supposed to be a um, a chemical addiction. Well, yeah, I've been sweating profusely for the last three nights in bed. Oh, really? Yeah. Why'd you stop? Just need to change. Just got to stop smoking that shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> did you smoke? Did you, you used to smoke it every day? Yeah. So yeah, next podcast I'll um oh, sing, I'll forward sing forward. a song for next yeah. podcast. Next podcast, Jimmy, I'll sing a song for the stats man. Yeah, I'm kind of fucking, I'm kind of worried about that man. Nah, you love it. Dude, I just said to you with the weed thing, man, just don't swap one addiction for the other. Nah, don't start drinking like an idiot. Because yeah, I told you about that mate of mine. Dude, look, what are you doing? I seem to be able to look down. <laughs> is that okay? Yeah, that's fine. Do whatever you got to do, man. Okay. I don't give a so I was, I'm just I was grabbing telling, a beer. I was telling Dim that this went for way too much longer than I thought. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I'll, I'll ask you if you guys want to hear about certain things, but there's 10 pages, 4,500 words. <laughs> Dude, you can talk about whatever you want. <clears throat> so, but it's, it, it's really like there are some parts in here that you guys will go, like, especially towards the end where I start getting a little bit, a little bit conspiratorial. So there's. <laughs> Bobby like conspiratorial. Yeah, well, you're going to love this, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, man. Like, I was saying... Who did I say? I said it to you. The dude, you can't... I've got to be banned from sitting at home from watching TV because it just gets me fucking angry. And it reminded me of why... Like, you know all the shit that you're doing, dude? This is what I wanted to tell you before. Like, you know how I said mm. I used to do that as well? Because, man, like... He came here, he, he pulled... Like, he had, look at this paperwork. Oh. And I was like, do you want to see my notes, man? Like, I was showing Arthur before. Like, look at this. It's literally from there to there. And <laughs> one other page. Just scribble. Scribbles, right? But then I remembered after the last episode, you heard the last episode, yeah? We're yeah. talking about, um, was it the last one the one before about Nova? Remember mm. going against Hughes and all that sort of shit? I think that wasn't the last one, the one before. Man. Yeah, yeah it was the race, the wedding episode. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. thinking about that because like, I went obviously into the archives to pull out the stuff to give to this guy like for the YouTube thing, right? And I'm just looking at the all, all the old articles and stuff. Man, I used to do that every two, like, three days mm. about some random fucking topic. Mm. And I mean, like, tear it apart, man. Yeah. Like, tear it apart. And I stopped because, like, the weight of the world just crushed, crushed my shoulders. <laughs> and I thought, what's the fucking point, man? Yeah. So it's actually nice to see someone actually taking the time. But, like, yeah, this is, this is my hobby. Like, I need to get out more. But... <laughs> so, like... 
Are we recording? Yeah, yeah, fuck oh, okay. um, <laughs> No frills around here. So yeah, I just have like a like a, a curiosity about the world. So whenever fuck I off. hear something on on the on the news or on Facebook, I have to like look into it. So this is a collect information over time, and then on you guys are doing a podcast. Yeah, I'm but like, dude, oh, that's the thing. That's... Do you know how many people don't have a fucking interest in the world? Yeah, they don't know shit. They yeah. like they they literally don't know about anything. And I, I'm not an expert, but I feel like I can uh, navigate my way around most issues. Oh yeah. <laughs> Dude, this is the first fruit in the dojo, by the way. <laughs> the first vitamins. The first vitamins. Mandarin that I brought in as half brown. Like, yeah, man. <laughs> All right. What do you got today, man? Um, so even if you do live under a rock, you would have been, you would have heard about the, the whole issue in the South China Sea with uh, China essentially building islands and yeah. claiming territory for itself. Yep. So initially I was going to do like a kind of non-serious... Uh, look into that, but then I, I looked into it. And it's actually a little bit, and, and it escalated as well while I was doing the story. So it's divided into two parts now. So the first part is a seriously serious look into the rising tensions in the South China Sea and uh, maritime boundaries, mm-hmm. and the second part is a little bit more conspiratorial about um, China. Speaking, Pre- prepping for World War Three. I'm just going to quickly interject. Uh, speaking about maritime fucking like issues, <laughs> do you see what Turnbull came out and said today? Since in the last two years of government, they've turned away like 748 refugees and some like you know, 40 boats plus or whatever. Wow. Do you see it? It was uh, literally a break just as I was getting ready to come here. Mm. And he's like sitting there saying, "Oh, we've successfully like turned back." Blah blah blah. You know, our our concern for maritime like. Australian maritime issues and shit, it's, it's a, you know, all-time high. Like, dude, those are people looking for yeah. asylum. Where's mm. the compassion? Seriously. <laughs> yeah. At the same time, the Royal Commission happened in two seconds about, like, the the refugee... Sh- uh, the the, the Don, treatment of Aboriginal and... Like, Dundell like, Youth Detention Center. Yeah, yeah. How did Australia. that happen? Because it was footage of it. Yeah. And it got leaked by Four Corners yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Only reason why, man. I mean, it, it is... If you work in, in one of those... Uh, refugee de- refugee detention centres. It is literally illegal for you to report on the rape of a child. Yeah, like oh, you will lovely. go to jail for doing that. Yeah, man. Yeah, <laughs> and it, and as far as we know, it's happening. Like, man, children are getting sexually assaulted. It, on dude, it, it, you don't even have to go that far, right? I know someone in social work, and they were telling me about a case where they dealt with a client. And if anything ever happens where it's, like, violent or whatever, mm. they've got a duty of care to, like, report it. Once it becomes, like, an incident report, then, like, you know, such a, all, all concerned, like, me, uh, all concerned parties need to be addressed, whether it's child protection, the cops, whatever. Came back from a case where the client has confessed to, like, the ex-spouse or whatever coming back and, like, beating the shit out of her. So, <clears throat> and she's gone to her managers to say, hey, do I... File an in- I need to file an incident report. Oh, what was the situation? Oh, this happened. When did it happen? Oh, a couple of weeks ago. Then you don't need to do it. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean, man? <laughs> so, could I, I just go on a tangent here? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The reason the reason we have offshore detention is because once a, a refugee comes to Australia, lands on the mainland, they get rights, like you know, basic human rights. Um, which means they can get a lawyer, and you can't kick them out unless you go through the legal process. Yeah which is expensive, so no one does it. So we, we stick them out on an island in the middle of nowhere and we pay $400,000 a year per refugee to store these guys on Manus Island and Nauru. How much? $400,000 per refugee per year. Oh, my. Why so much? Because that's just how much it costs. Why? <clears throat> Seems ex- yeah. like 
Hang on, man. Go back to the, the cost of prisoners. Remember all, mm. all the money, the number yeah. crunching? Yeah, it's like, so it was 113,000 uh, 113, a year for, for per In prisoner? Australia. But imagine imagine doing that out in the middle of, you know, the ocean. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, and, and if you're, I mean, there's a, yeah. If you don't want them to have rights, you want to be able to get them, you want to be able to send them back to where they came from. That's fine. In, I think it was 2012, uh, Julia Gillard and the Labor government excised Australia from the immigration zone. So, so if you, the mainland Australia is no longer the immigration zone of Australia. So when a refugee comes and lands on Australia, they still don't get any rights. So where's the zone? There is none. So, <laughs> there is none. Yeah. We're now off the grid because Gillard decided. Yeah. So, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not a lawyer, but as far as as far as I'm aware, that means that we can process these people in Australia. So it would cost significantly less, yep. and then that money goes straight back into our communities. Yep. And they still don't get rights, so they don't get. Yeah, I know. I know what yeah, you're saying. So, but this is this is the funny so part. I'm a, I'm a, yeah, I'm a lefty. So I don't like the idea of, of shipping them off to the middle of nowhere and treating them like... Yeah, animals. Poorly. Yeah, like animals. Yeah. But as a right-winger, like, I, I just don't see why you wouldn't bring them into the country where you can save a significant amount of money and... See, this is the thing yeah. that I get, right? Like, with the boats, like, coming in and the, all, that, all that sort of shit, right? Big argument is, is that we don't have the pl- space room. Yeah, we don't have the... Yeah. We don't have the funds to help these people. We're barely feeding ourselves. Blah 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 blah. But it's costing four hundred thousand per per refugee per, per, refugee year. per year yeah. to process them out and, in the middle of fucking nowhere. And think and think about it this way: like when when did Tony Abbott say he stopped the boats? Uh, it's a couple of years ago. Yeah. So well, why? If, Tur- if Turnbull's been in for how long now? He just just over a year. Oh, just under a year. I yeah. Think. Yeah. And Ab- how long was um, Abbott in for? Just under two years. Yeah, so pretty, it was pretty much one of his first things that he said. Yeah, yeah, it was off right off the off the bat. It wasn't, so, so, if so we, three if, years. If we stopped the boats a few years ago, why are all these people still in detention? Yeah, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. Yeah, like and I, how I, many people I, are in detention? Hang on, I man. get it. I get stats, it. Stats, stats. Right? See, because this cut's got a VB. I know how Nick christened him as the new stats man. But <laughs> The door mother's tin is empty. So, <laughs> I was hungry. Asylum. Uh, asylum seekers, Australia. So whichever number. whichever side you stand on the issue, you've got to like just get it done. If you don't want them here, send them back to where they came from. Don't don't spend. I think it's. The Greens say it's just under three billion dollars a year, but that's a green, so you could bring it down. Say, say two billion dollars <laughs> a year. Just ignore, ignore the Greens. <laughs> but in, so you know, we we spend two, somewhere between two and three billion dollars, just keeping these people in a prison cell. Yeah. Yeah. Indefinitely. Yeah. Mm. And how many? Pri- add that to the list of other prisoners, actual criminals, convicted criminals. Dude, <clears throat> I'll gladly swap a murderer slash double time rapist doing triple life. You know, swap his shit. For a kid coming in from, Some you know... poor family. Yeah, Burma. Yeah. yeah. That's escaping persecution. Like, no shit, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, here we go. Asylum asylum seekers. People in detention. I don't know how up-to-date... This is off asyluminsight.com, so I've got no idea how up-to-date these figures are. Or how accurate. Refugee figures. Uh, refugee visas granted by the Australian government in 2013-14 
made up of 11,000 offshore visas and 2,752 onshore visas. That was <laughs> a refugees vi- refugee visas to be granted to people who have fled the conflict in Syria in addition to the 13, uh, 7, 13,750 refugees was another 12,000. There are 28,503 applications awaiting an outcome for the refugee application while living in Australia on a bridging visa. This includes 4,000 children. While they're in Australia? Yeah. Hmm. 28,000, 28 and a half. 4,000 of them children. They wouldn't be um, boat people. They would be plain, would just plain even, refugees. Yeah, even in. legit refugees just awaiting their, yeah. their specs. Man, that's a lot of people. And if they're in Australia, like, man, it's not... And this is the thing. They might be coming from... This is what pisses me off as well. This is, like, the biggest thing that shits me. When people are like, oh, we don't need any more refugees, all that shit, they're going to come here and they're like... But, dude, they could have been doctors or fucking lawyers in mm. Syria or mm. in Indonesia or wherever well, they're coming from. What about Sam Dastiari? Um, oh, the um, politician on yeah. Q&A who... Um, yeah, Paul Pauline Hanson. Yeah, yeah <laughs> Paul Pauline Hanson almost died when she found out that he was a Muslim. Yeah, man. You never saw the reaction, did you? <laughs> no, I didn't. No. Uh, she, we'll it up. she broke. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a brain. It's just... <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> um, yeah, and he, he was a, a Muslim refugee, and he, he straight up asked a question, like, under your laws, would, would I have been allowed into the country yeah. as a child? He came from Iran. Yep. As a refugee, mm-hmm. and he's a politician now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What has and he done? Do you know much about him? So I, I actually don't. I can't remember the details, but he was he was the main Labor senator behind um, company tax avoidance. I can't remember the exact figure, but it was billions of dollars that he managed to get out of companies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, who were avoiding tax in Australia? Yeah. But I can't remember the exact figures, but th- that was what made him yeah. a public figure. Yep. But also, like, he's like well dressed and well spoken. Yeah, so. he's, he's an intelligent man. Like, yeah. he's not just spewing bullshit. Yep. But that's yeah. the thing, man. People seeking asylum, they might be coming with nothing, but it doesn't mean they're not productive members of society. And, yeah, totally. and honestly, like, go... Uh, my brother was in Clayton Hospital, just down the road. Oh, yeah? Walk into Clayton Hospital, see how many women in hijabs. Oh, are. yeah. Yeah, like doctors. Yeah. Hijabs, nurses, yeah. hijabs. Yeah, man. Yeah. Like, these are Muslims. Who cares? Like, yeah. Yeah. Mm. But people are acting like because these people are seeking asylum from wherever they're coming from, whether they're in a boat or whatever. They're just scum. Yeah. It's yeah. like, oh, we don't need them. It's like, dude, you've got no problem going to Dufton Centrelink and just seeing lines of fucking cunts, Darrow's in fucking Metallica Mo- t-shirts. Moccasins. <laughs> yeah, and Mockies <laughs> screaming for their fucking pension. It's like, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are they costing everyone every day, man? Yeah. Anyway. All right. Sorry, dude. Oh, yeah, okay. Segway. <laughs> Twenty-three um, minutes so of dribble. <laughs> we should we should start by describing what the the South China Sea is. So, yeah. um, if you can imagine a map, you've got China at the top. Yep. And then if you go down the left hand side, you'll have um, basically Vietnam, and that turns into Indonesia, and then Indonesia on top of Australia. Yep. And then on the other side, as it goes back up again, you've got Papua New Guinea, the Philippines, and then Japan, Japan yep. right at the top. And you've got a big area. Lean in, buddy. Big, <laughs> the world needs to hear. You've got a big area in the middle, and basically, China has mm. claimed that entire area. <laughs> um, because? Yeah, that's ours. Yeah, <laughs> yeah basically. Um, so China, uh, Asia has uh, 4.3 billion inhabitants, uh, roughly 60% of the world's population. Wow. That's <laughs> Oh, my God. That's, that's insane. So over half the world's commercial shipping passes through the Indo-Pacific region, the same area, um, and the Strait of Malacca, which runs under Malaysia and Singapore and above Indonesia. So it's just, just to the left of the South China yeah. Sea, if you're looking at the map, um, is less than three kilometres wide and... Uh, 
roughly 25% of the world's traded goods, including 25% of the oil and 30% of the liquid natural gas, are shipped by through that are shipped by sea travel through the Strait of Malacca. Yeah. Um, there's also a lot of oil and natural gas off the um, north coast of the Philippines and the southeast coast of Vietnam. And both the Philippines and the Viet- and Vietnam have expressed concern that China is going to try and claim it. Yeah, I was going to say, we should probably get... There was a great map that I saw online, man, and it literally was all that information, but just the map itself from an aerial and just everything shaded out. So yeah. you should probably put it up, man, because it's really good to look at. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, so the South China Sea has 250 islands, but I use the term islands lightly. Um, most of them... Uh, none of them have their own source of fresh water. Um, some are underwater at high tide, and some are just coral reefs. Um, How many did you say? Two- 250. But that's... You know, yeah, roughly, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can't claim an island as something yeah. that's underwater all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the South China Sea has roughly... Oh, uh, yeah, sorry. Um, China originally claimed the territory in 1947, um, just after World War II. Uh, China didn't act actively patrol the area, so no one really cared. Um, so they just basically drew a map... And then, like, said that's ours. <laughs> said that's ours. How yeah. awesome is that, fuck, man? The balls behind that move, man. Yeah. Like, fuck it, it's ours. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll so, take it. And it's it's not just the islands that China has claimed it's a territorial territorial waters around the islands. So there are, there are ter- the territorial zones are defined by the Uni- United Nations Convention on the Law of the Sea. And the two that you need to remember are the territorial waters, which extend 22 kilometres from the shoreline. And basically, the country has control over that. Cool. And then there's exclusive, the exclusive economic zone, which extends 370 kilometres from the shoreline. And it means that if there's any oil or natural gas or any resources, you have the exclusive rights to that. Yep. But you can't necessarily kick out other boats. Okay. Um, <clears throat> um, one of the reasons for the controversy is that some of the islands China has claimed are just 160 kilometres from the coast of the Philippines, while almost 1,000 kilometres from the coast of China. Okay, so, so they basically... Sh- should belong to the Philippines, right? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Wait, that was a 160 from the coast of the Philippines versus 1,000 from the coast of China. Yeah. <laughs> so how can they just come along and say that's ours? <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> Um, so <laughs> that's fucked. Yeah, and there is concern that China will try and steal that oil. So if they can, if they can reinforce their stake on these islands, and they'll yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so China has built seven new islands in the area known as Spratly Islands, which is the southern part of the disputed territory. Um, they are not small islands and are essentially fully functioning military bases with airports and deepwater ports. Oh my god! <laughs> you haven't seen any of this, dude? Nah, dude. It's An insane, example man. of the scale of the work is on Fiery Cross Reef. Now this is a reef was a reef. China started building the island in August 2014 and finished in September 2015. So 13 months. Fiery Cross Reef is now an island of approximately 2.7 square kilometres with a 3.1 kilometre runway and a deep water port. Okay. So, so build- put, in, put in perspective, that's like going from like, you know, where Clayton the stripper shops is. Going from there, say as far as, probably as far as Masters. Yep. Like, that stretch of so, so they built an island that size in just over a year. Yeah. Wow. To put it in the middle it, of the ocean. Wow. <laughs> to put it in to put it in perspective, the two main runways in Melbourne Airport, one is three point seven kilometers long, the other is two point three kilometers long. <laughs> There's a big runway. Yeah. It's the size of the airport. And yeah. and you know uh, the grid of Melbourne City. Yeah. Yeah. So um, this island has an area of two point seven 
square kilometres. Yeah. The grid of Melbourne City has an area of 1.3 square kilometres. Melbourne City being like Spencer Street to uh, Spring, Spring Flinders to Latrobe. Like Latrobe, yeah. I was yeah. Gonna say, that's so just called. just inside the it's called the Hoddle Grid. Yeah. So it's twice the size of Melbourne City. That's a bit of land, man. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> like you put it in perspective, like how many buildings, like buildings, like let, let's forget like military planes and shit like that. Just think of like residential buildings. How many you could fit in that area? Yeah. Fucking lots million. and lots. <laughs> and if you if you type Fiery Cross Reef into Google Maps. You can go have a look at it. Look at it. Oh, really? Yeah, it's there. Done. So I yeah. will definitely be doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course you will. <laughs> Tin foil hat on <laughs> in my jocks um, late at night. <laughs> so as I as I said before, uh, many other countries also claim the area is their, the South China Sea is their territory. Um, and China and Vietnam have a complicated relationship <laughs> over the past few years, and have had a number of border clashes throughout the seventies and eighties, resulting in roughly a hundred thousand. Uh, dead Vietnamese casualties and an undisclosed number of Chinese casualties <laughs> too. Um, <laughs> this is well, they, a guy yeah. that tripped <laughs> like off, a, off a freighter. Like, <laughs> yeah. Chalk it so, up. So uh, Johnson South Reef, which is one of the disputed islands, um, has been the centre of two previous territorial dis- dis- disputes, um, but in one in 1974 and one in 1988. Uh, basically, the Navy, the Vietnamese Navy and the Chinese Navy started shooting at each other over the, the claim. So um, I'm going to cut, just quickly need you to just um, say it again, just in case I wasn't, I forgot it. This, the, so the, the base that you're just talking about now, yeah. how far off is it from what coast? Where's it, where's it the closest to? Johnson South Reef. I do not know. Not this one, the, the one just before. The two point, the one that oh, starts- it's it's in it's in the, the Spratly Islands, so it's in the south end of the South China Sea, closest to. So it's far closer to Philippines, the Philippines. Philippines that's the one Vietnam that's than it is to China. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Um, yeah, so that yeah, two navy skirmishes, um, resulting in about 130 Vietnamese casualties and about 40 Chinese casualties. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, and while the, Fil- the Philippines have never engaged China militarily, they do claim rights to a large section. So basically, the Philippines have the, the biggest section of disputed territory. Um, in- when, when were the uh, Vietnamese-Chinese clashes? Um, one in 1974 and one in 19... What's interesting is they're both communist states. Yeah. Vietnam and China are both communist nations. Yeah. You know what I mean? Essentially, like, under the same fucking banner. But mm. it's like, that. Ah, fuck you. Mm. <laughs> there, there are... There's got to be a, a dozen times that Vietnam and um, China have gone to war since um, America left Vietnam. Yeah. So that China's invaded Vietnam. Um, there have been a lot of little skirmishes like this, but just Johnson South Reef, which is one of the islands in dispute, has... Previously. Isn't that proof of like you know if 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 this third party just fucked off we'd be all be fine? So no. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Mm. Well, no. Like same say in the Middle East, man. Oh, if, if the West didn't get involved, we'd all be fucking sorted. No, yeah. we'd still be fucking going at each other's throats yeah. for whatever reason. So up until this point, like America hasn't gotten that involved. Yeah. Well, up until. Yeah, in the last few years I have. Yeah. So in 2013, the Philippines and China went to a to the a place called the Permanent Court of Arbitration to resolve the issue. Uh, the Permanent Court of Arbitration is not affiliated with the United Nations, but it functions in a similar matter. It, and it's not really a court; it's a tribunal, which means it's basically a third party, third independent party. So if who's it run by? Yeah, it was, yeah, it's run by the Permanent Court of. Ar- <laughs> 
So it's who, um, who, who are they? It's another so, entity. So say John and I are having an argument. Yeah, and we're like, no, this is fuck you, my yeah. thing. And then we're like, okay, well, we're not going to be able to sort this out. So let's go to Dim, and Dim, we're going to present our case to Dim, and Dim's going to say, you guys should do this. This is yeah. the fairest thing. So this is basically how that functions. Um, it's it's the the court's decision is not binding, and they're more or less suggestions. So so Dim would say. Arthur and John should share that, uh, and but because it's not binding, China has more or less ignored them. <laughs> and who's it made up of? This court, like, is it? So it's like Judge so Judy. It's it's not binding. You can just ignore the shit. But... <laughs> so, <I> yeah. mean, <laughs> so it it functions a lot like the International Court of Justice. Okay, but it's not not a court per se. No, it's just it's just, just a mediator. Yeah, yeah, mediator. Basically. Just a mediator. You can choose to so it's follow judge, this. Judge shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, judge so, so it's quite it's a quite often that 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 two countries will go to this court and they will okay. have a decision made. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, g- given given the nature of the area and the billions of dollars of natural gas and all the all the trade that goes through there, it's more than just a local issue. The US, USA has been conducting what it calls freedom of navigation patrols in the area, even going so far as to sail within the territorial waters, so within the 22-kilometre uh, mark of these islands. Um, Julie Bishop, the Australian for, foreign minister, has said that Australia will not recognise China's claims in the South China Sea and that China's reputation will suffer if it continues with the claim. <laughs> Stephen Conroy, our Labor senator, has suggested that we should follow America's lead and increase military patrols in the area, and that we should follow America into China's territorial waters around these islands. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, I wonder what this Prodding the red there. dragon. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. Um, <laughs> Shit. So, so coming... I don't want to do that. Coming... So these, these comments coming from Australia are a little rich because we essentially did the, exactly the same thing to East Timor. <laughs> of, course. of course we did. <laughs> yeah. um, Actually, you know what? You know what I, I love? The message that you sent me early in the week. Who, me? No, no. Arthur did. It was... Um, yeah, where is it? And I sent it to you. It was a, a preview into the next podcast. <laughs> you know what? I've got to read it out just to give some people some hindsight. What yeah. This is what he sent us, Yeah. Imagine if the Australian government had advanced warning of an invasion and chose not to do anything about it. Oh, hang on. Imagine if the invading army killed a quarter of the population of that country. Imagine if that invading army deliberately killed five Australian journalists to prevent them reporting on the invasion. Imagine if Australia was the only country to recognise that invading army's claim on that land. Imagine if that country helped defend Australia from the Japanese in World War Two. <laughs> Dude, when I read that, I was like, this is going to be sick. Fuck yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, so East Timor is a very small country. It's just 600 kilometres from the north, um, from northern Australia, just kind of above West Australia. Yeah. Um, it was invaded in 1942 by the Japanese and East Timorese soldiers and Australian Soldiers fought the Japanese to help defend Australia. Um, for a brief period in 1975, it looked as though they would get independence from Portugal, um, but it was invaded by Indonesia in December 1975, so later, later that year. So they never got independence um, and basically intervened. They were worried that the East, Tim- East Timorese government would be a communist government, so Indo- Indonesia invaded and China... Wait, so hang on, wait. Who was trying to get independence from Portugal? East Timor. East Timor. So while the, the East Timorese are trying to gain their independence from a European nation, mm-hmm. they got invaded by another South Asian nation? Yeah. Just <laughs> what the f- 
Yeah. So yeah, because of communism. Yeah, <laughs> makes sense. Communism. Um, Do you remember those propaganda videos from the 60s and 50s? I know what that means. Communism. Like, what? Do you even know what communism is? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, and man. And Vietnam is still communist. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, you know, they're doing fine. I, no, went, I, was I there. went there last year. Dude, <laughs> like, I was there a couple of years ago, I wasn't, man. I wasn't murdered. No. Had... I wasn't captured and tortured. <laughs> <laughs> they had photos of uh, Ho Chi Minh and shit everywhere, man. Just yeah. those massive, you know. I love that. I was taking photos of them. Yeah. Shit. So, um... And in between Australia and East Timor, there are a number of large oil fields. As we talked about earlier, the exclusive economic zone is, covers everything within 730 kilometres, uh, sorry, 370 kilometres. But because of how close uh, East Timor and Australia are, basically you draw a line in the middle of the two countries and you say each of you gets those rights. And if we had done that, East Timor would have the rights to those oil fields. Yeah. But when Indonesia invaded, we made a deal with the Indonesian government which gave, which essentially pushed out our shoreline to our continental shelf, which meant that we had rights to those oil fields. So that's not how it's written by the United, United Nations. That's a deal we made with Separate Indonesia, yeah. who had just invaded East Timor. Um, just carving it up, man. Yeah. Seriously. So, uh, a little bit about the invasion. Um, it was the largest invasion in Indonesian history. They parked battleships in the harbour and shelled the capital city as 640 parachuters parachuted into the city. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's terrifying. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. And this is... At this time, they had a population of, like, 500,000 people. So it's a, it's, a, it's a really small country. Like, it's possibly the size of Canberra. It's not, it's not a very big place. You reckon? Yeah, I don't know. Um... Within a year, there were 35,000 Indonesian soldiers throughout East Timor. Five Australian journalists were killed during the invasion, and in 2007, an Australian court ruled that they were deliberately killed by Indonesia to stop them re- stop them reporting on the indiv- invasion. It's fucking horrible. Yeah. Um, the Can't occup- let people know, man. The occupation ended in 1999. About 200,000 people died Uh and in 1999, East Timor had a population of about 850,000 people. So that's, that's if you go by the, the end population, it's one in five. If you go by the start of the population, it's much more. Mm-hmm. So it's a, a, lot, a large chunk of the population died. For what, man? For what? Yeah. So Indonesia had claims to West Timor. Yeah. So I... They, yeah, basically, why not take the whole thing, yeah. I guess. Um, so I went... <laughs> so horrible, just because there's some small little thing. Yeah. like, whatever, we'll take a moment. Yeah. yeah. I went I went to East Timor with a group of friends in 2012. Um, there was a lot of indiscriminate torture and killing. Um, so the fighting did not stop until 1999, when they got independence. Um, we went to a prison. And in the prison, they had a room, a cell. But instead of having a, a normal door, there was uh, basically a pool up to about just above waist height. So they'll throw prisoners in there and they'll fill it up to just above waist height with water. So while while you're a prisoner in that cell, you can't get dry and you can't sit down. Oh, man, I've never heard that before. That's that, horrible. That's fucked. That's disgusting. Yeah. So you... Okay, so you visited a, a functioning prison. It wasn't like an abandoned... No, 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 abandoned, because they got independence in 1999 and oh, I, okay. I visited in you went 2012. Couple, okay, so it was an abandoned prison, but you just saw... 
Yeah, so it's been turned it. into a museum. Yeah, yeah, because I've done that, but I've never... Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, um, and there was... That's fucked. Yeah, that's disgusting. There was also <laughs> a um, an incident filmed by Australian journalists. Um, I can't remember the details, um, but it was a funeral, and it was a public funeral, so a lot of people turned up. And there were some Australian journalists inside the... the inside the... Um, where do people get buried? Cemetery? It's inside the cemetery. Sorry. <laughs> Frame and there were a lot of people, and they, were, and they were filming this, and then all of a sudden you start hearing gunshots ring out, and the Australian journalists hit the floor and start filming as these people try and clamber out of the way of the gunshots. So 100 people died in that incident because the Indonesian army just opened fire. Just because? Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know what, they did, what happened, but, yeah. That's fucked. So, I mean, there, there could have been some... One, someone protesting, and maybe they threw a rock or, or worse. But anyway, a hundred people died in that incident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the only reason the Australian journalists managed to get the footage out is because they took it out of the camera and buried it in the nice. in the cemetery. Shit. And then they got they got taken away. And because they were they were questioned f- for a period of time, but then they went back and they managed to dig that up the, the footage. That's that, cool. That's insane. Yeah. Um. So. In, ni- in 1999, when it, uh, East Timor got its independence, they had to renegotiate the border. It, East Timor was very poor, and as, Indo- as Indonesia left, they'd kind of destroyed all the infrastructure. <laughs> so in- East Timor needed a lot of money, and as- Australia essentially forced them to sign a deal that meant they would then share the the property, the, the oil fields between... Yeah, Australia would essentially sh- give back some of the oil that was theirs. So who are they sharing the oil between? It's East Timor and Australia. Okay. So did that line, that borderline, come back to halfway or whatever? No, it just there was just a section where where we're like we'll, we'll share the oil in here, but then you know, some of the oil fields, bit. <laughs> oil fields were outside of that shared area. Okay, so it, it was complicated. So I'm not going to go into a huge yeah, amount of yeah, detail. Yeah. No, that's cool. Basically, we get more and you get a little bit. It's like yeah. all right, these were yours. You can have some <laughs> of it back. Yeah. <laughs> so I've. So, uh, according to the deal, it would 90% goes to East Timor and 10% goes to us, but there were complications and it works out to be like 50-50, according to other sources. So... Yeah, who the fuck knows, man? Yeah. Anyway, we've basically taken their oil. You can argue about how much of it we are, but... Anyway. Well, we are. We know it's a lot. Yeah. So, yeah. during during the negotiations with East Timor... Australia sent ASIO agents disguised as aid workers to bug East Timor's cabinet office where the negotiations were taking place. So we literally sent spies to bug a country's <laughs> parliament office. The Australian just James Bond. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, we're, we're all just yeah on the yeah. up and up. So East East <laughs> Timor took, East Timor took Australia to the permanent court of arbitration, the same one the Philippines took China to. And then got escalated to, to the International Court of Justice, and they ordered Australia to stop spying on East Timor. <laughs> um, Very bad. So bad, Australia. Don't do uh, that again. East Timor and Australia are still arguing about the borders um, in the permanent court of arbitration. But one of the lead witnesses, known as Witness K, the intelligence service agent who ran the spying operation, cannot leave the country to testify because ASIO stole his passport in 2012. <laughs> what? You know that that pisses me off? 
Because it's like, we took his passport, can't leave the nation. It's yeah. like, dude, there's a bigger issue at hand. Get the fucking cub, put him in the plane, yeah. Yeah. And, and send him where he has to go. To- and it's, yeah. this guy, this guy isn't a terrorist or anything. Like, yeah, but that's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. Like, because of the, because of a passport, it's like, yeah, you can't leave. Motherfucker, there are bigger issues at hand, man. Yeah. Yeah. People's lives are going to be determined by the evidence you have to give. Uh, yeah. Nah, can't nah, leave. Nah, nah. It's and raining outside, you haven't got a coat. Go and in yourself. February this year, Julie Bishop rejected his application for a new one. A spokesperson <laughs> said... <laughs> Bitch. A spokesperson quoted some legislation. Um, quote... A competent authority suspects on reasonable grounds that if an Australian passport were issued to you, you would be likely to engage in conduct that might prejudice the security of Australia. It's about oil. Yeah. That in February this year. Another spokesperson for Julie Bishop, at a different time, this is in March or April, said that Australia was disappointed that East Timor had decided to take the matter to the UN and we stand by the existing treaties. The treaties that were signed as Australia was illegally spying on East Timor. Yeah. yeah. So, what the fuck? Yeah. So at the... <laughs> so this is, this is like one or two months ago. So at the same time, Julie Bishop is criticising China for ignoring the ruling of the Permanent Court of Arbitration. She is actively preventing a lead witness from testifying in the Permanent Court of Arbitration and criticising East Timor for going to the Permanent Court of Arbitration. Yeah. All insane. the while, all the while, you've got fucking idiots like Kruger and Hansen just asking, she's like, are you Muslim? <laughs> like, dude, what's going on right now? No like, shit. But, and this is current. Dude, yeah. no one knows shit about, like, all the stuff that you just said, about Bishop, about the... Like, nobody, no one knows. Nobody knows. No yeah. one fucking knows. It's just like, oh, we're the clean, we're the clean shiny whistle here, mate. Well, you know, it's like, get fucked. Look at this shit that's going on, man. Yeah. yeah where's the integrity? And you meant to trust the fucking government. Yeah, you your mind. And it's not... So I, I couldn't couldn't find the exact amount of money that Australia's gotten through this. The highest, highest figure I saw is $6.6 billion. Billion? Yeah, which is nothing for Australia. Like, and this is over a period of years, 6.6 billion over a couple of years. So I just don't see why we're arguing about it. And um, so the the original deal was signed by a Labor government, Gough Whitlam. So I think it would be really beneficial for the Liberal government to come out and say, you know, this was a bad deal made by by Gough Whitlam and the evil Labor Party, and we're (laughs) going to set it right. And we, we we do give... East Timor a fair amount of humanitarian aid. Yeah. So, I mean, you could even you could even say we're going to give them back their oil, and then we're going to pay back what we owed them, but then just not give them the humanitarian aid, and you'll still be out the same amount of money. Yeah. And it would make you look like a hero. <laughs> Yeah. The spin. You mean this guy in charge about like media and the spin we could put on these guys? Like, seriously. Yeah. Spin King, Prince Arthur, that's the best. Yeah, so China's response to Australian to uh, Australian response. Yeah, yeah. So um, <clears throat> so in the last few days things have escalated. China has said it was very disappointed by the comments made by Australian officials. Um, last week the US so this is literally last week. Uh, the U.S. Vice President Joe Biden flew out to Australia to meet with Malcolm Turnbull. <sighs> Joe Biden said that Australian and U.S. troops will step up training so they are, quote, fully prepared. Meanwhile, <sighs> meanwhile, China has started conducting military exercises in the area and threatens to establish an air defense identification zone, which means they'll shoot down any plane that doesn't have permission to fly in that area. 
Um, the Chinese people are also getting angry and calling for a boycott of American products. One man allegedly, allegedly stood out the front of a KFC and told customers that if, so quote, if there is a war, every bomb the US uses on us will have some share of your money. If you stop now, you are still Chinese. If you enter, you will be a traitor. Wow. <laughs> Hardline, man. <coughs> Big time. Yeah. So, so tensions are high, but they've been rising for a long time. So it is said, it has been said that if the wars of the 20th century were fought over oil, then the wars of the 21st century will be fought over water. So there's a lot of water on Earth, but less than 3% of it is fresh. And of that 3%, 68% is frozen, 30% is groundwater, Shit. and just 0.3% is found in rivers and lakes. That's fucking nothing. Yeah. You know what? This is the thing, man. And it happens with communist states or like just hardline shit like that from the East and stuff. They make all these, like, the world, governing body, like, governing world bodies and shit, they make all these bullshit rules, right? And like rules, regulations, whatever. And it, they piss off a lot of people that were either like in third world or second world, like, you know what I mean? Like lower level sort of shit. Yeah, less, de- less developed nations. And then you have all these, then you have all the West and all that talking about the integrity of, like, due process and all that sort of shit, yeah? But then you get what, like, Putin did. Do you remember what Putin did uh, during the Syrian Syrian shit when they were warning him, like, don't go in there, don't get involved, la, 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 and Putin just went, okay, fuck yourselves, we're getting and involved. Went in. Yeah. He went in, cleaned house, and left. Yeah. That was it. Like, for the first time ever, they were making significant advances into, like, Al-Qaeda and all that shit, yeah? It's just because Putin said, okay, fuck yourselves, we're doing that anyway. Yep. Yeah. Dude, how can Australia get on this diplomatic fucking foot of like, oh, blah, 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 blah. It's like, dude, you were spying on the east, on the government. Yeah. In a, when you weren't even meant to be there to begin with. Yeah. And you, yeah. And that's what the Chinese are doing now. It's like, hey, go fuck yourself. I mean, so do what we this, want. This yeah. deal was initially made with an invading army. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, that's what I'm saying, though. Like, and is it, is it a surprise that the Chinese now are just like, no, nah, go fuck yourselves. We're going to do what we want. You, you, yeah. You're throwing your balls around like you're in the joint. You don't. Fuck you. We have free speeches. We, yeah, fuck you. We, yeah. we have free will. We yeah. do whatever we want. And yeah. at, at the same time, like, China building military bases in the South China Sea is concerning. Yeah. America has US uh, US military bases in Vietnam. Where don't they have bases? South yeah, Korea. You tell me. And I, Japan. Arthur, you're a China, smart guy. China is literally surrounded by US military where bases. Do, where doesn't the US have a fucking footing? China. <laughs> That's it. North Korea. <laughs> That's like the last. Yeah. They're, those are the last strongholds on Earth, man, where they can't go. <clears throat> what about Iran? <laughs> Iran. Same thing. <laughs> so, like, well, I think that Iran is starting to to turn towards America, and and at least. So I'm not an expert um, on on these things, but I think that there has been a a change. There's the latest, dialogue. Latest. There's, there's dialogue. President of Iran. I think they have a king there as well, and he's still like a, a crazy. You know, anti-American guy, but I think the the president is literally trying to. Yeah, they're breaking build. bread like across yeah. the Middle East, and it's it's complicated by ISIS as well. Um, no, I forget. I just don't know enough. No, no, no. It's it's fine. Look, so what is, is it? It's, we're just talking, but it's, like it's the Sunni and Sunni and Shia. Yeah. Do you know which one's which? Well, Sunni's the majority, man. Shia is the more disputed one. Yeah, it uh, depends where you are. Dude, it all depends. It all depends where you are, man. Yeah. Like, look, ISIS can claim whatever they want. They can claim this Sunni, they can claim this Shia, they can claim whatever the fuck they want. Yeah. But the reality is, is they're targeting anyone. Yeah. It just doesn't go by the, by their 
ideology, like their political ideologies. Do you, so, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So there, with with the rise of ISIS in the Middle East, there is an opportunity for America to to build relations with Iran. Yeah, there is. And I think that that for the first time that maybe Iran is going to be more accepting of those. Yeah, more more flexible, basically. Yeah. But Matt, like, bring, I'll just bring this up quickly. Did you see what happened in Kabul? No, so, I didn't. You didn't? No. Okay. After someone who's, who's switched on and watches the news, right, doesn't know shit what's going on in Kabul, do you know? Nope. You've been asleep, right? I've been asleep. <laughs> we were at work the other day, and Sam the Afghan turned around. He goes, man, did you see what happened in Kabul? I go, no, nah, what are you talking about? I go, hang on a second. Oh, I saw something quickly, but I wasn't sure what it was. Man, there was a fucking bomb, like a bombing... Uh, I, I get this. I can get the stats up later, but it was like a it was a friend, it was a peaceful protest by Shia uh, Muslims, so in uh, in Kabul, right? Dude, ISIS fucking just started blitzing cunts left, right, and center. They attacked ISIS attacked some peaceful a peaceful p- uh, protest mm. that was all Muslim related, mm. and this is what Sam said. Do you see it on the media? No, we we'll stand. We we're sitting in the smoker room at work, and what was on the news, man? Something about um. France, and then something about the Olympics in Brazil. Because mm. I go, when did this happen? He goes, man, like, like this morning. Like, it's breaking news everywhere, except on mainstream Western media. Yeah. Like, yeah, you think that's a fucking... Are you surprised? He goes, the, no, man. The thing people forget about ISIS is that they're not keeping Australian women as sex slaves. I mean, how many... I mean, the, the primary victims of ISIS are Muslims. Yeah, man. And we can play that to our advantage. Like... If, I mean, if that was in the media, Muslims would see that. Muslims in the country would see that yeah. and be like, holy man, like, yeah. ISIS is a bunch of crazy yeah, nutjobs. But, but all they see on the media is Pauline Hansen and yeah. Sonia Kruger. Saying, Sonia saying, Kruger's still on TV, man. Yeah. Like, to be honest, I don't really have a problem with what Sonia Kruger said. She said something really dumb. Yeah, but, she's a fucking idiot. Yeah. But... Dude, if I made that comment, or if someone else made a similar comment, whether it was the same thing or whether it was just swinging to the other end of the spectrum, yeah. we'd be flogged, man. We'd be fucked. Banished and fined, like, you know, you, you don't have permission to go anywhere within broadcasting range. Uh, you don't, you're not allowed to use the internet anymore. Dude, she's still on TV, man, talking about rubbish. Yeah. How the fuck does she get away with it, man? When you get other heads that say something about whatever, completely, like, out of context, whatever, and they get fucking, like, yeah, gone. Yeah. Mm. Gone. That's what pisses me off, man. The double standard, man. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, dude. Like, okay. it's just, yeah. so, so back on water. Um, so there's not, <laughs> not a uh, whole lot of water in the world. Yeah. Um, you can get water from the ocean, but it's expensive, and Victorians, Victoria's desalination plant is a good example. Yeah. Oh, so you guys man, remember how we have one? That was such a joke, it's man. It sort of just stopped in it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Spent so oh. much money, man. So it <clears> cost, <throat> it cost $5.7 billion. One of my mates is working on it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Um... Yeah. yeah, okay. So it was completed in December 2012, um, but wasn't turned on until March this year. <laughs> Why? Uh, um, because no one, we didn't need the water. So, um, <laughs> and, and when it gets turned on, it will cost each household $12 a year. And while it wasn't running, it cost $1.8 million per day what? just to keep it operational. Um, what? $1.8 million per day. A quarter of a billion dollars a year. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> mm. <laughs> half, half, half a billion dollars, Tim. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, half. <laughs> you know what's funny? I, I'm just going to remember what Nick said, like, literally at the start of these podcasts. Australians love to waste money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that we just love to waste money. Mm. Fuck So, 
And and full disclosure, um, it was a it was a previous Victorian Labor government that made that decision. So still, like, yeah. But you know, yeah. I, I don't want people to accuse me of bias. It was a Labor government. It was a bad idea. It was a government. That's yeah. it. And China is running out of water. So to to be clear, on average, China does have does not have a water shortage, but there are some parts of the country that are. Yeah. So the the Chinese government is reporting that sixty percent of its groundwater is polluted. So thirty percent of the available drinking water is polluted. No, thirty percent of the available water is groundwater, and sixty percent of that is polluted. So water resources are down thirteen percent since two thousand, and at the start of the year, China ended its one-child policy, meaning that its water demands will start to skyrocket. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, so go, going back to what I'm saying, you know, the next war will be fought over water. So China has a huge pollution and water problem, and to combat this, it has started recently building hydroelectric dams in the Upper Mekong Delta. Okay. Um, at this stage, their primary purpose is hydropower. They have completed six, but plan on building many more. So the dams, the tallest, the third tallest, and the fourth tallest dams in the world were all built by China since 2010 and are all on rivers that flow into the Mekong Delta system. Um, the tallest dam is the Jinping Ai Dam. It's 305 meters high. To put it in, to, to put it in perspective, the Eureka t- Tower, the tallest building in Melbourne, is just 297 meters high. Oh my god, oh. that's fucking massive. Yeah, yeah. And the and the the third and fourth tallest are just a little bit below the Eureka like, Tower that's height. The, that's the that's the height. Can you imagine like the width, the whole like the whole region? Like yeah. How much space? That and whole how quickly region do they get this shit done? Like yeah. seriously, the Chinese man. man. Oh my God. All all three of those dams are built between completed. Sorry, completed between two thousand one and two thousand and ten and two thousand and thirteen. Yeah, that's insane. Do you know why? That's insane because it's a form of necessity. And when you don't have anything <clears throat> and you rely on shit like water, they're like, "Fuck, we need to get this done." Done. And and let's put and a billion people in it. <laughs> yeah. Remember, these guys are breathing like yeah, acid falls out of the sky. Yeah, they're fucked, right? So they're like, shit. This is what we need to do. We need a solution quick. Let's do it. Let's get it done. And we'll be better for it. And and the air air quality is having a significant effect. You remember when Beijing held the Olympics in two thousand eight? Fucked, man. They they prevented cars from driving in China, and they they've done studies on the babies that were born during the Beijing Olympics, and they are significantly healthier. <laughs> Just cars because cars stopped moving around. Yeah, because China banned driving cars in the city, which meant the air, air quality improved. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what's funny, man? Like, they can make a turnaround like that. Like, you know, with the, the hydro plants and all that sort of shit. How long has it been? Like, roadworks on the Monash take five years <laughs> yeah. to add a lane or to fix a pothole. Because we just love to stretch the budget and then just justify why the fuck we're out there to keep, you know, 50 or so blokes in a job. Yeah. These cunts can make, build... A dam the size of Eureka Tower in height. Plus, bigger. Bigger. Because Three they need them. to get it done. Three yeah. of them. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. get, let's just get this shit done so we're better. Okay. Um, Fucking hell, And it, it, is, it is estimated that during the dry season, 45% of the water that flows down the Mekong Delta system comes from China. This gives China a huge amount of control over the lives of the 40 to 60 million people that rely on the Mekong Delta for food and water. The Mekong Delta is experiencing one of the world's worst, uh, one of the worst droughts in recent history, and has damaged uh, 160,000 hectares of food and created um, 220 million dollars in damages. In April this year, the Chinese government made, government made the decision to release more water from the dams to help alleviate that drought. Despite the drought, some Vietnamese officials argued that 
Part of the problem was a large number of dams in the upper Mekong River. China is not the only country building dams. Laos has uh, recently said that it wants to be the battery of Southeast Asia. So it's not just China building dams, it's also Laos. Um, um, Also, the lower Mekong Delta rely on yearly flooding to lay down new sediment and grow new crops. If China slightly increases the flow during the dry season or slightly restricts it during the wet season, it will have a significant effect significant effect on those people. Yeah. Yeah, sliding scale. So even if China has no intention of stealing or shutting off the water flow or any nefarious motives, they're still gonna get blamed for the drought and the negative effects of the water. So Yeah. Um, and the dams are creating tension. Yeah. Okay, so so that was all pretty serious. <laughs> so so part two is the less serious. So disclaimer, don't panic. Okay, part two, China is prepping for World War Three, and you totally need to panic. <laughs> <laughs> We're fucked. <laughs> okay, so so China cannot match America when it comes to full on work. To- full-on warfare. To put it in perspective, the USA has 10 aircraft carriers and China has one. Except America has an additional mini aircraft carrier, an additional nine mini aircraft carriers, which it doesn't classify as aircraft carriers. And China, China's one aircraft carrier was built in 1988 by the Russians. <laughs> that seems weird. Weird? Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's a funny-looking aircraft carrier as well. Like, the, the nose... Scoops up, oh, so Chinese style, like a, like a like a little half pipe at the end. It's one land back on itself, and and those mini aircraft carriers are just are that they're essentially yeah. So they're a little bit smaller than the Chinese one, but again, they're modern. Yeah, so they're much more capable. Um, so for Ch- for China to stand have a chance at defeating America, it would have to do something called asymmetric warfare. It is. Uh, used when one side has significantly less military power than the other. The most common examples of this are terrorism or guerrilla warfare, but it can include many forms of military and non-military strategies. Yeah, so for reference, look at Vietnam War. Yeah, yeah so that was a prime example of yeah. guerrilla warfare. Yeah. Um, they got fucked up, man. Yeah. Uh, so one example is economic warfare. So the military bases in the South China Sea could easily restrict trade through there and de- restrict America's ability to buy oil and you know yeah, run, the, run the war machine. Yeah, yeah. and wow. China, China throughout the years has also saved up three point two trillion dollars of U.S. dollars that so it just has sitting sitting in a room somewhere. So if China decided to float that three point two trillion dollars to the market, it would essentially cause the the value of the U.S. dollar to crash. Yeah. yeah. And America would go into depression because their dollar would become yeah, significantly less worth. Yeah, yeah, almost worthless. So that's um, that's one thing that China could do. Really, yeah. yeah. So you can imagine if if China floated that money and and then the value of an American dollar dropped twenty percent, that means that everything America buys from overseas oil goes up twenty percent. Yeah, metal. Minerals, yeah, everything. They're yeah. fucked. <laughs> You're forecasting yeah. so for a year war. All of a sudden, it's like fuck. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. It, can, yeah. it would have a significant effect. Um, the second is space warf- warfare. Oh yeah, I started reading about that the other day, man. Yeah, if you haven't, oh, you haven't seen it. Oh. So, so many experts <laughs> have said that the next war would take place in space, Star Wars, and in the last yeah, yes, in the last decade, there has been a sort of secret space arms race. So it's hard to put a value on just how important things like GPS and spy satellites would be 
in a war. It's fucked. But, it, you know, invaluable. Big time, yeah. Yeah. Um, and any military power will have to have a significant foothold in space if it hopes to stand a chance in the next major war. <laughs> the arms <laughs> race the arms race has been heating up for a while, but the first public step was in 2007 when China used a ballistic missile to shoot down one of its own satellites. I'm just testing the waters, man. Like, yeah. Hmm, so, can we do this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah we can if we do this. <laughs> um, so this is a really dumb thing to do. <laughs> um, because normally when an explosion goes off on the Earth, the shrapnel hits the air and slows down. In space, there is no air. So the just shrapnel going. just keeps going forever. Yep. And you have, to, you have to keep track of that because you've got valuable billion dollar pieces of machinery floating around yeah. in space and you don't want them to get hit by a yeah, piece of crap that's moving yeah. 10,000 kilometres per hour or yeah. something yeah um Do you but but <laughs> and in 2013 a chunk of that debris hit a Russian satellite oh here we go yeah I remember that <laughs> I remember that but but not wanting not wanting bad decisions to stand in a way stand in the way a year later the US blew up one of their own satellites creating even more space junk <laughs> Why? America also has the X-37B, which is an unmanned space shuttle that is 8.8 metres long. It first launched in 2010 and stayed in space for 10 months before landing. Um, It has had four other space flights and is currently orbiting the Earth now, but nobody knows what it does. They could be monitoring. Monitoring. Yeah, yeah, monitoring. So Wasn't there, there was a treaty signed, yeah, when space exploration first started, like in the 50s, like as in going hard, you know, yeah. in the 50s and 60s. Wasn't there a treaty universally signed that said space exploration, like no one can ever claim the moon as theirs, like it's never going to be anything commercial? Yeah, war, you also like- can't have nukes or ballistic missiles, but there is a caveat. <laughs> so um, America has... a. This is this is complete conspiracy theory, and you should not take any of it seriously. <laughs> so there is uh, America has been working on on something called a rail gun. Do you any of you guys know what that is? You know what that reminds uses- me of? I used to play Red Faction on PS2, man. Oh no, there was shit. a rail gun in that. Yeah, <laughs> straight so, through the anything. So yeah, rail gun. I mean, look him up on YouTube. You can like we could sit down here and we could make a rail gun. <laughs> What are you telling us, man? <laughs> well, <laughs> we can make a really boring one. But America, America has uh, basically uses electricity to accelerate a piece of yeah. metal. And that's not technically covered in the um, space treaty. That's a loophole. Yeah. Because it so didn't happen back sad. in the 70s. Yeah. But anyway, that's that's conspiracy. So that's nothing to do that, with anything. Nah, it's 100% oh, real. <laughs> but anyway, so... So China's shooting down satellites. America has this secret space shuttle. Um, so both China and Russia have their own version of the American GPS satellites. So um, if either country could disable the o- opposing side's GPS and spy satellites, it would give them a significant advantage. Yeah, you can't see. Yeah. Um, America has taken this threat seriously, and after decades, it has started teaching its navy how to navigate by the stars. Oh, resorting back to the old days. Yeah. They're, they're bringing the Native Americans <laughs> here. It's just, just a, dudes okay. in loincloths staring bunch of at the a, sky. a bunch of Egyptians just, yeah. Yeah. just so, staring at the stars. America is also particularly <laughs> vulnerable at the moment because it does not have a method of getting its own astronauts into space and it has to pay Russia $70 million, person, million dollars per astronaut to get into space. Really? Yes. I have no idea about that. I didn't not, know that either. Not since the shuttle program closed down. Holy 
Holy shit, man! Yeah. I love that. So, <laughs> so America, wow. America can still get assets into space. Um, so they can send satellites up. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's just not people. Unmanned, yeah, unmanned people. satellites. Yeah, but they're gonna go to Russia. And send seventy mil. Yeah, yeah, seventy mil for a bus pass. That's sick. Yeah, that's hilarious. Um, so, in fact, the next time an American astronaut will launch um, from American soil, but will be in late two thousand and seventeen, by a privately owned company called SpaceX. Yeah, I've read about them. So, like, if, if you if you enjoy sci-fi, Google SpaceX landing, and your mind will be blown away. What's um, the skinny? What's the skinny of it? Just. Um, so if you can imagine a rocket, it shoots up into space and then sections fall off Yeah, as it gets higher into orbit. SpaceX designed a rocket that those sections come back down and land themselves vertically. Yeah, yeah, I remember this. So, yeah, so in 2017, the American government will have to pay a private company to send astronauts to space. Can you imagine the money setting up, like, SpaceX, man? How much money would be involved in just setting that up? Bills. Yes. Bills, yeah. And then they'd have contracts stipulating, yeah, we're going to be sending X amount of astronauts over the next decade, two decades, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's like locked away, like, get done. Yep. Sign the line, we're doing this. Yep. Dude, <laughs> no. what else has been signed away, man, that most people don't know about? Mm. That's fucked. Um, and while it is small compared to the International Space Station, China is the only country with its own permanent space station. So America doesn't have one. Russia doesn't have one. We share the International Space Station, but it does not belong to either any yeah. country. Yeah, I didn't know that. I was just thinking about wasting money. Sorry to cut you off, right? What was that desal <clears throat> plant costing us per day? 5.7. Oh, per day, 1.8 million. 1.8 million, and we figured out, like, over a year time, right? About half a million. Yeah. Half, a, yeah, so half a bill. Half a bill, sorry. Yeah, half a bill, right? What are the deficits, you know, for, say, Australia... Yeah, and then you look at East Timor, and then you go to like Ethiopia. What are the deficits of government? What are the humanitarian aid like needs of all these little countries and shit like that? And you then this is just the, Melbourne. This is just the desal plant in Melbourne that just sits there off. Uh, is it Thompson's Road? So like, where is it? No, it's, it's right down on the, it's on the coast. further down. Yeah, yeah, right. Just sits there chewing up half a billion dollars a year for shits and giggles. Yeah, right. And we, like I said, Nick said, we, we love to waste money. Dude, you, you take that money and you could literally fix so or much, fund. So, so much shit. So Bronwyn Bishop of Helicopter to Geelong Yeah, do you remember fame, that? Oh. That yeah. was fucked. She has recently come under fire again because her and I think one of her staffers and a few other people it, yeah, took a two-week trip to Africa. That two-week tro- trip cost the Australian taxpayer one hundred and forty-four thousand dollars. So that fuck? was roughly yeah. roughly twenty-two thousand dollars per person for a two-week holiday. Yeah, to pay that, they probably released some prisoner. And now a rat. <laughs> like, yeah, you know what? We need your lodgings. You're free now. Wrong when you can go. <laughs> Freed up one hundred and forty k for you. Take your trip. Alright, um, donuts. You know what I had to say, right? This entire time, yeah, Nick fucking put you in the stats, man, and you made, <laughs> like, you took your flag and started waving it in my face, like, attached to the end of your knob. The entire time, this guy's been Googling shit on his phone, I've been Googling shit on my phone, he's going through his notes, that VB is just getting emptier and emptier. <laughs> 
come back in and you're like, who's donuts are these? <laughs> no, I'll be the official stats man next episode. <laughs> Fuck off. This is the time. This is your time to shine. Hey, thanks, Arthur. Legend. <laughs> this is your time to shine. All right. <laughs> it's sweet, man. Don't worry. I've had enough shit, man. All right. So, yeah, carry on, man. You've done well. Keep going. Okay. So, so along with the economic warfare and space warfare, you've got standard military hardware. And America has a clear advantage. Um, but against Australia, things get a little bit worrisome. Um, We've got nothing here, man. Yeah. So, this <laughs> is simple. So, China, China has a as a stealth jet fighter known the known as the J twenty, which started mass production at the start of this year. Um, and Australia has the F-18 and the F-18 Super Hornet. The F-18 started production in 1988. Old technology? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the F-18 Super Hornet which started production in 1999. The F-18 Super Hornet's a very impressive jet, and the older F-18s have been continuously upgraded to stay competitive. Um, so not, not a match for the J-20 stealth fighter that China started building this year. Of course not. But... They're not, they're not horrible aircrafts. They're still good, yeah. <laughs> so last year, the Australian government made a decision to buy 60 F-35 Lightning Stealth multi-role fighters from the US to replace our ageing yeah. F-18 fleet. There's a fleet. massive spread about it in the papers, man. They've yeah. got enough about it. Um, so, at a cost, it so it's going to cost us $24 billion. It would be Australia's most expensive military asset. How, how old are the ones that they got from America? The F-35. They're not finished yet. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, the problem is the F-35 doesn't work yet, and even if it did, it might not be that useful to the Australian Air Force. Okay. <laughs> cool. So, so far... So We're buying far, off the plan, basically. So, yeah, so, so far it has cost the US $1 trillion and is the most expensive military weapon system in history. Australia has taken order of two F-35s and will receive and will have the rest by 2023. Um, so the complaints yeah. are varied, and and some people have come out and said they're inferior in every way. So they don't, they don't, they can't climb high as fast. They can't fly as far. They don't turn as well. Is this as far as the Chinese ones? As, generally, as the ones we have now. Okay, as, long as, as we the have ones now. Yeah, okay. in comparison to what we have yeah. and what yeah. we're spending our money on. Okay. So, like, why are we spending? So money? I'm I'm not a pilot. So you can take that as you do. You can Google the F-35 and you'll come up yeah. with a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. So problems as of right now. The planes do not live up to the hype. They do not work in the heat. So when the fuel is too warm... <laughs> so when the fuel is too warm... So they've been tested in northern Australia. So when the fuel is too warm, the planes cannot take off. To combat this, the Air Force has painted over the camouflage on the fuel tanks with a highly reflective paint. <laughs> so... <laughs> Just slap on some heat shield paint on so it. Imagine, right. imagine if you're like... An op- you, you're an enemy bomber, and you're like, oh, I wonder where this air force is. I wonder if it's if it's that highly reflective fuel truck. It's you just know? beacons, just beacons <laughs> in the sky, like, hey, there it is. Aim um, for the glow, boys. Yeah. <laughs> Aim for the mirror in the sky. <laughs> and so even even when they painted the trucks highly reflective to cool down the fuel, they overheat when they fly, and they have to open up their weapons bay in order to keep cool and stop from overheating. <laughs> and that completely ruins their stealth capabilities. <laughs> it can only carry uh, two anti-aircraft missiles and two bombs. So, yeah, basically you can't miss. 
because <laughs> we're outnumbered and you've only got two missiles. <laughs> Make them count. Yeah. <laughs> Make them count. it only... It also has machine guns, but it only has enough ammo to fire its main gun for four seconds. Sounds like a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, <laughs> at this stage, it can't fire its main gun and won't be able to until 2019. Why? I haven't figured it out yet. It's just, yeah, it's just a manufacturer has refused, has, has stopped us letting it. Yeah. Do you know what that, that is? So I think I think they did test the machine gun for the first time earlier this year. Dude, do you but know what we that won't is? be able to We've allow... essentially invested in umbrellas that you can't open when it's rainy, you can't open when it's windy, and you can only use them for three yeah. seconds at a time. Yeah. What do you mean? Don't, don't work in the wet. <laughs> like, so these, these planes are going to get used in the Middle East, and if they're going to defend Australia, chances are they're going to be taken off from North Australia, where it's warm. We're gonna land Super in warm. The, we're yeah. gonna land in the Sahara. <laughs> so, so Canada has recently cancelled its order of these planes. So it's cost America a trillion dollars. It's going to cost us twenty four billion, and Canada's like, nah, we don't want them anymore. This shit. Yeah. Fuck you. That's fine. Um, and so the J twenty, obviously China, they keep it locked down. But yeah. I heard reports saying that it would have between four to six anti-aircraft missiles. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's a much... So, yeah, this is this is a stealth bomber. The F-35 is, is a stealth bomber. That's what it's supposed to be. It's not a fighter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, against something like the J-20, it will not, not live up to the hype. Yeah. So, a lot of the stats of the J-20 is under wraps, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. But you, you, you can Google this plane, and you can see photos, but... It's going to be insane. <laughs> I just I love I love how we're buying planes off the plan, man. We can't buy apartments off the plan because they end up being like just falling it's not, apart. It's not it's sixty of them as well. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like this is a major major investment, and even on paper it just sounds ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. So, um, so we got the the planes sorted out. <laughs> in uh, in 2014, uh, a Chinese university revealed that they were working on something called a super cavitation submarine that could allegedly travel at several hundred kilometres per hour, while, while conventional submarines can slow travel at most 50 kilometres per hour. Yeah, I was going to say, slow as fuck. Yeah. Do you want to be doing that old, that old Batman, the old Batman <laughs> yes. TV movie? The guy that goes... Yeah, yeah, dude, totally. <laughs> yeah. So, so realistically, this is pretty far-fetched, but the technology has been around for decades in the form of super cavitation torpedoes. Um, yeah, so... Supercavitation became a reality in 1977 when the Russians built the world's first supercavitation torpedo. Oh, so they're building subs that basically act like torpedoes on, yeah. the, on the mechanics of a torpedo. So, so tor- torpedoes are generally pretty slow because um, of the drag of the water. But what a su- supercavitation t- torpedo does is it blows a bubble around itself and flies through that bubble like a rocket. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's so cool. That's so fucking cool. So, that's so cool. That's some James Bond shit. Yeah, totally, yeah. totally. And the Russians in 1977... So, yeah. Uh, and it, it, because of this, it is several times faster than a regular torpedo. So it's not hard to think that they would have this technology for the subs. Yeah. Pretty or, sweet. Pretty yeah. locked down. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely like, it's it's theoretically possible. Yeah. Yeah, just looking pra- at... Well, if the technology's sub- been around pra- since the 70s, something just looking at yeah. a torp is like, you know what? I could turn that into a sub. So... Yeah. Why not? So yeah. the, the, the Russian supercavitation corporate torpedo could carry a war a 210 kilogram warhead so 210 kilograms of explosives at 370 kilometers per hour fuck germany and israel both have 
working supercavitation torpedoes, and America is working on its own version. While the supercavitation submarine is unlikely, it is very reasonable that China is working on its own version of the supercavitation torpedo. I'd say very reasonable. Mm Mm-hmm. Australia has just signed a deal with the French to buy 12 submarines for $50 billion. Submarines will be built in Adelaide. It was a very controversial decision because both the Japanese and Germany were hoping to sell their submarines to Australia for a much lower price. And Tony Abbott had basically promised the Japanese that we would buy their submarines. Um, um, despite the, despite, despite, so I went in this fully ready to criticise the Malcolm Turnbull and his government for this decision, but despite the, the price, French submarine is much better. So it uses something called a water pump instead of a propeller, which makes it much quieter than, uh, and, and stealthier than the Chinese, Japanese and German submarines, which still use propellers. It is faster than the Japanese and German subs. And it does not have to be modified to meet the endurance requirements. So it can it can leave the country for much longer. It can carry more food, more fuel. Yeah, yeah. Um, they are a good choice, but they will not be put into service until um, 2030 at the earliest. 30? 2030, yeah. So until then, we have to rely on our six Collins class submarines. Which are very old, and I. <laughs> they just sound like they're starchy. You know they do. They are. So they were. Oh, oh, yeah, they were the they had the old six columns. <laughs> yeah, we used to do. <laughs> yeah, that's fucked. So they they are significantly outclassed. Whereas if we could get these French um, French submarines, that would be yeah, yeah. world class submarine basically. Um, yeah. Okay. So the Ch- the Chinese are outgunned by the US. But are they outmanned? <laughs> Hell no. No um, chance. <clears throat> well, not if they manage to build their genetically engineered super soldiers. What? Guaranteed, yes. Guaranteed they've already got one. Universal <laughs> soldier, man. Ah, yeah. Okay. So, last year, China announced that it had successfully created dogs with twice the muscle mass of regular dogs. Jabbing it with steroids. No. They right, did this right. by deleting the myostatin gene, which inhibits muggle, muscle growth in dogs naturally. So the dogs naturally grew twice the muscle mass. Yeah, you've no seen those dogs that are really jacked? No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like full-on, full like, ripped dogs do. They have, yeah. like, this imbalance of this so gene. the extra yeah. muscle increases strength and endurance. Yeah. There are no negative side effects. The reason dogs were chosen, because they are physically similar to humans and share 80% of our DNA. The, project, uh, the project's lead professor... Uh, told CNN that it would be possible to model, modify human embryos. <clears throat> okay, and to put this all in, in perspective, the average adult... So these dogs have 100% more muscle. The average yeah. adult male has 30% more muscle than a average female. So, like, we're all considerably larger than the average female. Yeah. So imagine... That's 30%. Imagine 100%. Every so, dude would look like Arnie. Yeah, like, like no matter what. Literally. Man, you got to see these dogs. These dogs look like just bodybuilders. It's bizarre. Yeah. And if you can get, like, humans on that And you of... said they built the embryos. Yeah, dog embryos. <sighs> so from the womb out, man, they just start yeah. fucking... Yeah, so... Carnage, you know? In, in 2013, China started collecting samples from the two, from 2,000 of the world's smartest people and started to sequence them in an effort to find out what genes make you smarter. A Vice article claimed that it could boost intelligence by 15 IQ points. I don't know how accurate that is, but that's yeah. what Vice said. IQ's debatable, man. 
Yeah, but if 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 Vice's claim is correct, it would take an average human to the to the top thirteen percent of intelligence. Okay, so that's a significant yeah, jump in, in huge, intelligence. Yeah. 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 While China could potentially use this information to directly engineer smarter humans, it will more realistically used by people using in vitro fertilization. So, for people who can't get pregnant naturally, what they'll do is they'll take a few eggs out and they'll inseminate them outside the womb, yep. and then you have say five. And then they scan those to look for genetic diseases. Yeah, the, the defects. Yeah. In future, you'll be able to scan them for these genetic markers that make kids smarter. Yep. Um, so not only will parents be able to select based on health, they will also be able to select embryos based on which one will be the smartest. Fuck. Yep. That's fucked. Yep. <clears throat> so China is either either has or is working on technology that will help engineer significantly smarter and stronger humans. But it is one thing to have the ability to modify human embryos and an entirely different thing to actually do it, except China already has twice. Thank they, God. They did this for the Whoa, first... I didn't did, know that, man. They did this for the first time in 2015 to modify a gene responsible for a fatal blood disorder known as thalassemia, so which reduces the ability of the body to produce red blood cells. So they were able to go into the embryo, modify it, the gene, and then destroy the embryo. Um, and they did it again earlier this year when they modified a human embryo to be HIV-resistant. So these are the only two examples of human genetic engineering. I love how the Chinese just said, fuck it, we're doing it. Yeah, and they got, they got in a lot of trouble for it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but there are examples of genetically engineering human immune systems to target and kill cancer. So one example was about a year ago when a one-year-old child was saved from leukemia when she was injected with modified human T-cells that targeted and kill, kill cancer cells. Any of you guys play Resident Evil? Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so T-cells. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. Yeah. Like a raccoon city, man. Yeah. Um, shit. And- and two days ago, I read an article. So two days ago, I read an article that announced it will China will be the first one to have a clinical trial where it will modify the immune system, the T cells of ten patients to attack lung cancer. So at the moment, your your immune system doesn't attack cancer because it recognizes that cancer is you, but they can take it out and modify the immune the system so it yeah. recognizes cancer as an Something as a virus. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, this is going to get a little bit sciencey. Sorry. <laughs> so the genes are, edit- are edited, manipulating the CRISPR-Cas9 system. So CRISPR and Cas9 are separate, but they're kind of part of the same yeah. group. Two lengths of a chain. Um, yeah, so the CRISPR... Uh, so the Cas9 is responsible for unzipping and cutting DNA. So in your immune system, when you get a virus, the virus will latch onto a cell and inject its own DNA into your cell with the hopes, and that DNA will hijack that cell to produce more versions of its own DNA. Yeah. And then eventually that cell will rupture or it will just squirt out extra little bits of DNA. Um, Your immune system comes along, recognises that genetic information is foreign, and what it will do is it will latch onto the genes, uh, make a copy of it, and then store it in the CRISPR system. So a CRISP, the CRISPR system is like a database of all the things that your body wants to kill. Yeah. 
just like a virus, yeah. pro- like a virus protecting thing. It's like, oh yeah, Trojan B seven five Z. Yeah, done. Exactly. For it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so when when that virus comes in again, it will latch onto the the virus. Yeah. It will match its DNA to the DNA it has stored. Yeah. And then the Cas nine system will just cut it. Yeah. Just yeah. Just say just, just you, cut it. Yeah. Boom, nah. Gone. You know what? You don't belong here. See you later. System override. So yeah. this <laughs> this this Fuck. system was discovered in. Uh, algae by um, two scientists, Jennifer Downder and Emmanuel Charpenter. Uh, mm. um, so two females, and they won a Nobel Prize for it. You know, uh, not a lot of women in science, so I feel like it's important to, yeah, yeah, to yeah. mention that, yeah, two women discovered this. Um, and and we've been manipulating this process for a while with vaccines. Well, so, you said it was discovered in algae or whatever, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. So... Algae has an immune system like we do. Yep, yep. Um, so, so when we first got a vaccine, the first vaccine was smallpox, and the vaccine for that was they would just inject you with cowpox. So cowpox is a lot like smallpox, but can't kill people. Okay. So your your immune system would latch onto the cowpox, which was very similar to smallpox in humans, and learn what it looked like. So when smallpox came in, it already knew what it looked like because it was it had the bits of dna from the cowpox which matched smallpox yeah cut it up cool. and cool. you're immune so now we have something called subunit vaccines so instead of injecting a weakened version of the entire virus they will just get a part of the virus so like just a small section yeah, of just code just enough of it to to identify it yeah and then and then your immune system will latch onto this section of code and when you actually get the virus it, it links up the section of code it's missing yeah, yeah so so with these new subunit vaccines you don't actually get injected with the virus you just get injected with part, part of the of virus it. yeah That's crazy man yeah man body's like a computer so <clears throat> so do but it, so this can be manipulated by people so instead of instead of attacking and killing a virus smallpox or yeah, polio, yeah, yeah. you can you can program it to attack and kill the myosatin gene, which is a mu- gene that inhibits muscle, muscle growth. Yeah. So when you cut it, it'll try and repair itself, but it often doesn't come up properly. So it'll just be an error, and you get twice the muscle. So it's basically you're overriding a system. Yeah. Where the, where the muscle is saying, ah, you've done enough growth, that's it. Yeah. And now it's like, so, and then it's like, fuck yeah, keep it, going. It is, it <laughs> is going, baby. Oh. It, is, it is harder to um to insert new dna but basically it works in the same way where you cut it and then a new new strand of dna will kind of click into place because dna it's it's very simple and it acts a lot like lego if that makes sense like yeah yeah like a new new strand of dna will literally just click in yeah um so so it is more or less possible right now to select a human embryo based on health and intelligence and it won't be long before that you can effectively modify human embryos but I don't want to wait for my genetically engineered super soldiers to grow up. I want them right now. <laughs> okay. So, so full disclosure, I'm not a scientist, and this is, this is well above my level of expertise. So it would be possible to manipulate the genetics of an adult human because it's already happened naturally. So I'm talking about we stick Johnny with a needle, and he wakes up tomorrow with twice the muscle mass. Okay, so this is this kind of thing has already happened naturally. When a virus enters the body, it inserts its own DNA into your cell with the intention of hijacking it. But it doesn't always work. Um, 
and right, and it doesn't always work. And right now, your D, in your DNA, there is virus DNA that was planted years ago when one of your ancestors got a cold. Yeah. So in your, if you were look at your genetic code, we'd be like, that's virus DNA. That's yeah, virus like all these DNA. little red spots. It was like, okay, yeah. this cunt's grandfather had polio, and and they reckon they reckon that if that, that some of the because there's there's a number of sections of your DNA that are virus DNA, they reckon that if that we pulled some of them out, they would actually be quite deadly because it's been a long time since we've had to have an immunity to these diseases. Yeah. They've just mm-hmm. been like stored in our genetic system and yeah. passed on and on and on. <clears throat> so, um, so what if we could modify a virus to insert a section of human DNA known as a myosatin gene instead of the virus DNA? Your immune system would absorb that viral DNA and then cut the myosatin gene out of your DNA, essentially allowing you... In, yeah, removing the muscle growth inhibitor. So, in theory, you're no longer... Yeah, you're no longer limited. You're just going to be huge. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Fuck. And the virus could also be engineered to use the CRISPR-Cas9 system to insert new DNA into your genetic code. To give you... Yeah. Yeah. Ability. Um, you're just fucking around, man. So, yeah. So, like, this is happening. Like, we saved a one-year-old girl doing this. And, it, and we're modifying human T-cells. Is it really that much of a step to modify human cells generally? Yeah? Yeah. Fu- like, you're fucking with, so, like, just lives in a Petri dish, man. Yeah, like- so it's... it's it's Yeah, we're, we're working our way up, up the ladder, and we're not quite at that rung yet, but we're getting there. That is so fucked up, so, man. So, in a, in a few years, <laughs> maybe 10... 2015, I don't know. It is likely that China will have the ability to genetically engineer super soldiers, but the question is, will will they? So the Chinese government yeah. has conducted state-sanctioned doping of its Olympians throughout the 1980s and 1990s, and it would not be the first military to have artificially enhanced soldiers. So the Russians have also had state-sponsored um, doping, and a number of Russian athletes have been banned from competing at the Rio Olympics yeah, because of that state-sponsored doping. Um, in terms of warfare, the US government allegedly supplied American soldiers in Vietnam with speed and steroids to give them an edge. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that. And I say allegedly because I, I didn't have a whole lot of time to look this section up. So Shit. I know, I'm pretty you, sure it's on. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. But, but what is certain is while there is still a lot of steroid use in the American armed forces, it is not supplied by the government. What is supplied by the government is a drug called modafinil. The hell's that? Modafinil is designed to combat the need for sleep. So yeah. we do shift work. I've heard this shit. We do shift work. I mean, you know, you do you miss a few hours sleep and you feel it. Yeah, so if you're a pilot and you've got a 12-hour mission, you have to stay alert until the end of it. So this isn't a stimulant like speed is. It just brings you back up to your normal wakeful state. How long can you take this for, though? Like, to what end? Ooh. <laughs> um, Forever. So the US, the US has given modafinil to Air Force personnel since 2003. The British have been using it since 2004, and the French have been using it from since 2007. Initially, the drug was used to keep pilots awake for a few more hours, but no debt, but they've been running trials. Modafinil has now been used to keep pilots awake for up to 90 hours. Shit. And it is speculated the drug would allow pilots to go for a week on only a few hours sleep. That's what I need some of that. I need some of that shit. <laughs> just to keep so, working. Just to keep working. <laughs> just to pay the bills. <laughs> so, so given... Yeah, given Wait, can, I get some? Red... can I get some of this? Just over the counter? <laughs> I think you can. Okay, cool. I'm pretty sure I saw it on Google, um, eBay. It's not illegal. It wouldn't be illegal. No, it is It is a classified substance. So, 
government grade. Yeah, yeah, at least in the states it is. So you need a prescription. They do. They do give it. Um, <laughs> you can get a prescription for modafinil. Oh yeah, look, I work night Fuck shift. Um, what would you need it for though? Narcolepsy or something? If you work yeah. night shift, like literally narcolepsy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm really tired, man, and I can't afford yeah. to go on a holiday. Can I have some pills? How do so, you take it? Like, did you just, a pill. Like, just a pill? Yeah. So it, what it does is, like, it's not a stimulant where it puts you in an overdrive and you just fucking bug out. Yeah. It just brings you back. It's like yeah, it yeah, just, you don't need sleep. Just yeah, back to normal. Mm-hmm. There's no side effects or anything. Like, they haven't found anything that. Not that I know of. How the fuck is it? Like, what? What do you mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's just surreal, dude. Mm. Fuck. Yeah. So given how readily governments drug their athletes and soldiers, if a large scale was to break out between the US and China, genetically engineered soldiers would be a logical step. Big we're, jacked, super smart yeah, psychos. Yeah, we're talking about, like, theoretically jacked, yeah, like, theoretical jacked fucking universal soldiers. Yeah. Just running yeah, around. 100%. Yep. That is so fucked up, man. Just, <laughs> just super smart, Dude, that, super that's huge. That's a lot of information. So this, process, this man. is literally the plot of the la- uh, of the latest J- Jason Bourne <laughs> movie. <laughs> I was just gonna say, I've really? been watching, dude, really? I've been watching, yeah. I've really? been watching wow. all the Van Damme movies like the last couple of weeks, and I swear so, I've seen that somewhere, man. So whichever Jason Bourne movie it was, when it wasn't um, Matt Damon, so I think it was. One? I think it was the last one. Yeah. I don't know. Oh remember. yeah, it was the last one. It was uh, Renard Cole. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So in that, in that, the plot of that movie is that they have to continually take drugs to 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 reach the highest state that they are. Yeah, and then there was so that movie just... Limitless, and then they made the series about it. Yep. Where yeah, you just yep. start unlatching because I don't know how much of your brain, you know, how the brain works. Yeah, we use like ten percent or whatever. Yeah, and here's the drug that unhinges the rest of the, the yeah. holes. You're talking about exactly that. Here's something that unhinged, not just unhinged, but permanently erase yeah. any limitations. Yeah. So the, yeah. the idea is is that obviously you could look at this as the best possible way. You could cure cancer with this, and there are so there are genetic people can have genetic predispositions towards things like breast cancer, and um, yeah. So so if you had that genetic predisposition, that one gene. You could essentially take a pill that would go in there just and kill it, would it, just cut that yeah, cut it out. out. Yeah, like Minesweeper, just and yep. then just, yeah. you're fine. So, hey, you're, can I ask you a question, man? What is your ethical like print? Like, what's your idea behind this, man? How do you feel about like, as in maybe not to put your system in overdrive and un- unhinge super fucking muscle growth, but I'm talking about everything else. So, um, right now, chances are you've been modified. I wear glasses. You may have worn braces. Yeah. So if if you're seriously going to say, like, we've figured out the genetic markers that make mean that you're going to have good teeth. Yeah. And you go into the doctor and you say, listen, I want my kid to have good teeth because I don't want to have to spend a lot of money on braces. Or I want my kid to have good eyesight. Yeah. That seems perfectly reasonable to me. But it's it is it's not that much further to say I want my kid to be smarter. I want my kid to be in the top 13% of intelligence. I want my kid yeah, to have yeah. twice the muscle of anyone else. So, there is, yeah, there is a legitimate medical need for this. Yeah. Yeah. What were and, you? and so that, like, you know, that, that second section was supposed to be a little bit silly. That's a, look, like, right fun. now, the, I mean, literally, China has done two things with genetic engineering. They've cured two diseases. Yeah. So they're not making genetically engineered super soldiers. It's just that... That we know about. <laughs> that we know about. But, but they could. 
uh, theoretically in yeah, a couple but, in like, a it all started it all started with the stem cell research man like years ago you know when they started putting jacking uh, mice with crippled legs and look you know the movement the, the mouse is now moving its legs in the water and all that sort of shit and yeah. they say oh you're playing with playing god and all that sort of crap and then yeah. uh, this is this is the thing that pisses me off yeah it's the same f- like the whole argument about that right like the stem cell research you had all these fucking Nazi Christian groups coming out saying you're playing God like all that sort of stuff on the same hand they refuse to pull the plug on people because then you're playing with God like you're playing God it's like no but you're keeping someone alive against their will yeah Yeah. how is that not playing God Mm. do you know what I mean yeah we are we are all kept alive against natural yeah we're Humans aren't designed to live till 100, you know, or, no. 30, or 75. And, like, we, if we're, and we're constantly taking drugs to keep us going to fight shit that, you know, yeah. quote-unquote God or whatever put in. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're playing that card now because that's what the, the, what's yeah. about the argument. So, I mean, you could you could easily say the same thing about vaccines. Yeah. Are you playing God if you go get a vaccine? Yeah. But, you know, but the, the benefits of vaccines are so much more compared to...